Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Mentor. Joining me this week is Nick Langton. Now, he's the co-founder of the Mixed Martial Arts Program. I'm going to be calling it MMA from now on, called Wimp to Warrior. Now, Wimp to Warrior is an MMA program turning amateurs into decent fighters over a six-month period that's now being licensed at fight gyms all around the world, including by some of the biggest names in MMA. Now, I'm really keen to find out the workings of this program and how it's being managed as a proudly Australian-owned business. They are flying our flag around the world, so let's get straight into it. And by the way, it's very timely because this weekend I'll be viewing it, I'll be tuning in to watch it, will be Conor McGregor, the great MMA fighter, probably the best promoter I've ever seen in my life, versus pound for pound, the greatest boxer in his weight division of all time, Floyd Mayweather. So it's pretty timely, let's get into it. Nick Langton, welcome to The Mentor. Thank you, Mark. Lovely to be here, mate. Now I'm, uh, I'm totally intrigued by this. Uh, Wimp to warrior. I mean, it's a great name. Yeah. Is that uh, is Wimp like a, a universally used name, or is it an Aussie sort of word? It, we've we've subsequently found it is universally used. Right. Um, there's no doubt it, it permeates the Australian vernacular. Yeah. Um, I think as well, though. It's got a connotation um, of sort of weakness, and, and and we wrestled with the name in the early stages. Yeah, it because it could offend some. Yeah, um, we, we and look, anybody who signs up for the program, anybody who's got the courage to come in and, and step on the mats, is clearly not a wimp. Yeah, um, there's no doubt that when you're looking for a, you know, you're looking for a title, you're looking for a name, you want it to be sort of catchy and, and, and controversial. That, yeah, and somewhat, you know, catch people's eye. Yeah. Um, but we actually went to the trouble, um, and I knew I'd get asked this question, so I thought I'd bring it up. Um, we went to the trouble of creating a meme some years back, and we actually used the Oxf- Oxford um, Dictionary definitions for wimp and warrior to put it into context. And all it says for wimp is fail to do or complete something as a result of fear or lack of confidence. Hmm. I like and the wa- technical definition. Yeah, and a warrior is a brave or experienced fighter. So we, we wanted to focus on the fact that failure to do something through lack of confidence or fear, um, that characterised um, WIMP. And, and that's what we really, you know, technic- I've done the program. So technically, 
I graduated from a wimp to a warrior in, in 2014 when I had my first amateur MMA fight. So, right, so you've done one of these amateurs. So they actually go and have a fight? Yeah. Well, tell me, t- t- so the typical person who would be recruited, typical person. So it's-, it's Male, it's, female? Both. So right. in Australia, we've got, um, obviously we're growing overseas um, and we're growing rapidly, but Australia is our home. We this, The whole program started, uh, the founder, Richie Cranny, uh, originated the program back in 2013 was the first Wimp to Warrior fight night. And um, since then, we've found that um, our cohort has got increasingly diverse. So the oldest man to do the program now is a 56-year-old guy in who, who just completed our Belfast series. Uh, the oldest man in Australia, um, a guy called Roland, a mate of mine now, uh, he's 53. Um, he, he did it. Um, the oldest female to do it so far, a 47-year-old single mum. Um, and we now have in Australia 35% of all registrations we receive to compete in series of women. Right. So there is no doubt there's the Ronda Rousey effect, um, you know, great champ, female champions in MMA, Joanna Jedjacek, the, the Polish girl, um, and they really embody strong, powerful, beautiful women. Um, and, and, and not necessarily a, aggressive. This is not about aggression or anything. No. Like. Well, I mean, you having boxed, you know that – once you train, it becomes – it's not a fight. It's not an anger thing. It, it's athletic contest. It's and very skill. Very technical. Yeah, very so, technical. Like, so just take me – like I mean, I think it's a brilliant name, Wimp to Warrior. I, I mean, it's got the controversy piece associated with it. Um, there's always a bit of edginess needed to make a good name. I mean, you know, it doesn't – it's not meant to make everybody happy. If it offends some, it's even good because they talk about the offence and therefore – Yep. Defensiveness of it, and so that actually promotes it for you anyway. Yeah. Um, the most important thing is it's um, not actually identifying people as wimps. So the, the the real structure of it below is, as you said, is finding people who want to take the journey. Yeah. Take me through the journey. So someone comes and signs up. Yes. So what do you take a, a group of fifty or twenty or how's it all work? Yeah. So what we um, what we do, and and although the the program's evolved in in the years it's been running, uh, but. The core syllabus is, is the same, and it is a 22-week um, program training in mixed martial arts, five days a week for 22 weeks. They get they get a break kind of mid-series just like to- five day, all day or that night? No, or? They, they, it's, we've always done it. Um, we've, got a, we've got a great hashtag. We always hashtag all of our posts while you were sleeping because um, training sessions start, depending on the gym, 5 or 5.30 a.m. People are on the mat, so they're done and showered and, and off to work. I mean, I was- I was running uh, private wealth at, at Perpetual um, when I completed it in 2014. I was so it's a morning. It's a morning deal. Yeah, you can get to work. You know, you can shower up and be in your suit, sitting at your desk. At you know, I was caught to eight in the morning. I was back at my desk in Pitt Street. So we've always wanted to make sure if people chose to, they could fit it into their life. And and another real ethos of the founder Richie Cranny. Richie always used to say that. Every morning that you get up and you don't hit snooze at 4.30 a.m. or or 5 a.m. and you get out of bed, you get incrementally mentally stronger. And the journey of training is not just about, okay, learning how to throw a straight punch, learning how to grapple, all those kinds of things. It's also learning to put yourself in an uncomfortable position and push through. And accordingly, getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go in and get punched or choked or wrestled takes takes some commitment so um you know as, as good a way to state good way to start your day though great way to start your day 
Great. And with a, with a group of people all on the same journey. We, so can people make good friends too, I guess, as a good community. So, yep. so like, like, okay, let, I go to your website, I yep. sign up. Yes. What's it cost me? Um, so it costs, it depends um, gym by gym, there's small variances, but r- roughly speaking, it's um, 2,000 plus GST, so 2,200 for 22 weeks training. Um, you 100, get, 100 bucks a week? Basically, yeah. You mm-hmm. get you get your, your gloves, um, your eight-ounce gloves that you'll, that you'll fight in. You get your shin guards that you'll fight in. Uh, you get your uniform. Um, you get dietary advice. You get an online platform to the coaches can communicate with. You can track your athletic progress. Right. So um, and now I, I turn up first day. I got all my gear. Yeah. I so well, before <clears throat> before day one, what we always want people to do is to try before they buy. So we what we do is we we've coined the term tryouts. Most of our series are are oversubscribed. Um, and so as a consequence, we want to make sure people come to tryouts and they get put through a really tough 90-minute workout. And it is really tough. I'm is not it gonna... wrestling or is it like a um, physical workout? More physical? It's more a physical workout at that stage. A fitness workout. A fitness workout. But but a lot of fitness that would relate to uh, mixed martial arts. So, you know, doing wall walks, you know, arms across your chest and, and getting yourself back up the padded mats with just your legs and sprawls, burpees, bear crawls, all that primal movement stuff that if anyone's done a lot of that training, you can get baked in sort of 10 minutes doing that. Mm. So the whole idea is to put them through a really tough circuit, you know, battle ropes, swinging some kettlebells, that kind of thing. And the idea is that if people break and and literally want to quit, it doesn't matter if you slow down. It doesn't matter if you slow down to a crawl because we get a ton of people who are quite out of shape doing it. I mean, we want those people to come to us. We know the stunning physical results we can get, um, but we just want them to show the will not to give in. Um, and, and many people are there on the mats that day because they've given in at, at different points. And so um, we just talk about that because if you're going to break there and quit in a 90-minute workout, you're not getting through 22 weeks. Yeah. But importantly, at the end of that, the, the head coach of the series sits down and talks to everybody and they're all sitting on the mats in puddles of sweat and he talks to them and, and Richie who you know who's the who's the founder and my business partner for the last 4 years he's the master at this speech and it's very much about what is your why what what got you to register online got you to you know show the courage to turn up to a fight gym today perhaps you're out of shape whatever else do this workout now you're sitting here you've accomplished something why do you want to do this and and if you if your why is strong enough you'll finish your 22 weeks. If your why is not, if you can't anchor to a strong why, you won't. Because that's the why during the the how period is when you keep asking yourself the question, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to win this fight? A lot of times there's no answer, except yeah. if you've got a why, the why will help you get there. It'll yeah. help you stick to it. So so the, is the training um, – so that they turn up day one. Yes. Um, you don't throw them straight in the mat. It's a skill-based thing as well as fitness or yeah. fitness for purpose. Fitness for purpose, very right. much so. so. So you're trying to get them fit for an MMA fight. Correct. Which is movement, strength, um, yeah. you know, as, as you said earlier, getting up off the mat with just using your legs and yeah. spreading your, you know, your legs and being able to still be able to get up or staying on the ground, those sorts of things. So fitness for a, a particular purpose. Yes. MMA fighting. But, yes. Um, so, is, so a training session at – Five in the morning, did you say? Five thirty. Five thirty. Typically, okay. people are on the mats, and so the the program. It's how long quite, does that go for? Um, about ninety minutes, 90 including minutes. including the warm up stretching. You know, we do a lot of active stretching and, and you know proper cool downs and all that yep. sort of thing. I mean, people 
people are living their life like there's tons of parents people with big jobs and all those things doing the program so you know some days they say listen they'll say to the coach beforehand i've got to get off the mats at court to seven because i've got to get to the city for this appointment and it, you know yeah, there's some works. flex there's, there's some, some flex. flex yeah so 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 they, they get in well, there one th- thing i should say the thing there is no flex about is if you miss a session and you haven't got sign off by the coach beforehand no matter where you are you've got to film yourself doing a hundred sprawls and we've had people we're one uh, in fact one of our best videos so a sprawls like a burpee but obviously it's 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 a muscle memory thing for for fighting right it's takedown defense in mma um we had a guy once who had to miss some sessions do his sprawls film his sprawls in the Qantas lounge in perth so he could upload them Love to it. Facebook. Intense. Good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. And also, that's actually quite inspirational for everyone else. Well, I mean, gather. everyone, I mean, the forums we talk about in a series, the coaches do a lot of great work, but you actually get, Mark, this ecosystem of accountability yeah. amongst the competitors. It's kind of like you, the metaphor is, you know, you see the, the the Navy SEALs all sitting in the water holding the rope with the waves, you know, and they're, they're in it together. Like they're saying to each other, don't quit. That's a metaphor for over 22 weeks, ordinary people go through some drastic changes, you know, weight loss, um, mindset, all those things. But there's this great ecosystem of accountability that that takes them all forward. So they do this f- five times a week? Yep. Yeah, I mean, obviously one day will be something, next yep. day will be something else. Um, you're tracking their weight, you're tracking their shape, you're tracking yes. their, their mentality. Yes, we are. So yep. we, so um, most importantly, if, if, if you look at the program in 22 weeks, the, the core first 10 weeks before they get a break is very much about all the key movements, the basics of, of MMA they're going to need to learn. So the ground positions in the clinch, um, the, the fundamentals of striking, throwing a straight punch, all those things like that, footwork, head movement, all those drills. Um, and, and, and the fitness aspect is integrated with the muscle memory piece, right? So clearly they're starting to get really fit. They're dropping a ton of weight in the first 10 weeks, but they're doing it in a manner that is also contributing to muscle memory, which is really, really important when they're, you know, get into the second half of the program and then they start sparring and actively rolling more because so, okay, the sparring actually comes in the second part of the program. Yeah, it so does. you don't introduce them sparring until a bit later no. because you've got to get them strong and confident and skilled Com- up a bit. Yeah. Confident. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, they, they might do some touch sparring. They might put on some big 16 ounce pillows and, and more just for movement sort of, you know, mm. touching each other at 15%. We're getting used to tap, just to tap yeah. a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all know it's the first time. The first time you actually, yeah, yeah, get, it's it's because it's, yeah, sort of can shock some people. It does, yeah, it and does. actually hitting someone can shock some people as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, does. landing a punch can you go. Oh, did I actually do that? Yeah, correct. Um, so okay, and that's that's about the brain muscle memory and the brain muscle. Memory. So mm. they get to the end of twenty two weeks, and what then? What happens? So then the the, the key uh, big pieces at the end. Number one, we make a big deal. Like we really make it feel like a um, a professional fight camp and a big. Saturday night event. I mean, mm. we've had some really big. It's a graduation night. It is. So, first and foremost, there's the celebration of um, weigh-ins, which is typically on the Friday night, yep. and they all have to make weight. Obviously, this is all sanctioned by the relevant um, state combat authorities, um, which we work sort of hand in glove with, and then. So they get to get on the scales. We get their, their after picks, which are bloody amazing, mm. and then also a bunch of them actually get to eat some things like they'd been wanting to eat for a couple of weeks. Yep. So, um, and then 
the next night is their finale, which right. is when they fight. So they have the so they they have the weigh-in night, which is great. Um, yeah. <clears throat> then they can um, uh, then they have the big night the next night. Um, next night the next yeah. night's and and how do you pitch who fights who? Like, or do you bring fighters in? Um, so we we carefully um, the, the head coach is Matches responsible for matchmaking, and uh, I mean absolutely fundamental to our ethos is you know making sure matches are, are completely fair. Yep. But matches will be based not on. Age, well, obviously, there's only women fight women, men fight men. That's mm. the only thing that can happen. But but we've had plenty of where you know at a recent finale, one of our guys who just did it in his early forties, four to twenty seven year old, and he won the fight. So we just make sure and it was a really competitive fight. But he but it, it's not a case that a forty three year old couldn't compete with a twenty seven year old. But that matchup would only occur if the coaches said that's the fairest matchup. Mm. And we do we take a lot of pride in how close our fights are. And if there is not a matchup for somebody. What we'll often do now that we've got a cohort around the world of, you know, over a thousand warriors who've graduated our program, we might say six weeks out, listen, this person's match has fallen out, injury or something like that. Is there in. anybody? Yeah, standbys. Um, yeah, and so we've, <clears throat> we've thankfully now we've got standbys, so very few fights fall out, but you know, occasionally they so do. You've got an alumni of um, Warriors. We do. We, we we hashtag Wimp to Warrior Family after all our social media posts. It's a big part because we're building a global tribe yep. um, across the world um, with our friends in Ireland, in the UK, in the US now, um, building strongly in Australia. Um, so yeah, we, we've got a great alumni to tap into. Amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, it really is amazing. I mean, MMA in itself, UFC and all that stuff is amazing, but this is amazing Wimp to Warrior um, has now got global reach. Um, mm. Starting here in Sydney, to start in Sydney or Queensland, it did. It started here in Sydney. Um, so the, Richie Cranny founded it. Um, is he an MMA fighter? Richie? He is. Yeah. So Richie Richie fought um, uh, professionally in in the UK. Um, he came out here. His passion has always been as much as he's fought. His passion has always been coaching. And um, you know, the one thing when he when he came to Australia, when his when he couldn't f- fight, in fact, it's a great story about how Wimp to Warriors started. He was preparing to have one more fight. He just turned 40 and he's like somehow convinced um, his wife Zoe to, that he could have one more fight. And unfortunately, then his back got injured and it, it was like, okay, you're done. But like, you're not ever fighting again. And he said, I've got to get someone ready for a fight. And so he had an idea to put out a, a Facebook post and said, I can get anyone ready to really credibly acquit themselves in the cage. Give, give me, you know, six months. So he put a face, he put a post on Facebook and all of a sudden there was this tsunami of 300 replies saying, I'd like to do that. And that was the genesis of the, of the idea. Wow. Um, and that was in late 2012. He had his first finale in, in Sydney at North's Leagues at Camaray in, in uh, 2013. I know I myself. There you go. Good, good venue. Yeah, good venue. Yeah. I, fought, I fought there uh, in 2000 and. 13 or 14. Oh, great. Yeah. Danny and I did an exhibition. Danny Green and I did an exhibition fight. Oh, you fought Danny? Yeah. <laughs> How was that? It was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Went the distance. Good. It did knock me out. Yeah. It's not the knockouts, it's the liver shots. It, it was a hit. Well, for me, it was uh, the, on my left on my left side, just at my floating rib. Yeah. I thought I did a kidney and uh, the next day, so did the doctor. <laughs> but it was, fortunately, it was a... Um, the, the cartilage. Right. Felt like kidney though for about four weeks. I have no doubt. <laughs> I have no <laughs> yeah, doubt at all. Just a little short one, bang. Yeah. Just a reminder that he was the uh, three-time WBC world champion in the cruiserweight division. Yeah. He probably winked at you as he did it. 
Now he had a, gave me a hug straight after it, like because he, he knew he did it. I, he and he pushed me under the ropes. But I've been there. It's a great venue, yeah. North yeah. Sydney. Yeah. So we've had uh, we had in 2014. I mean, when we talk about doing a big, um, you know, fight night, um, I fought at the Big Top at Luna Park. So we've sold the Big Top out. Oh, that's another great venue. So we've we've Wimp to Warrior as an amateur MMA business here in Australia has sold the Big Top out. You know, we just sold out the Europa Hotel in Belfast for our finale. We just sold out a big venue in Dublin for John Kavanagh's second series. Um, we've got a finale coming up. Um, we've got our guys who are fighting from our Portland gym fighting soon on an undercard of a big pro card because we didn't have quite enough to to do an exclusive Wimp to Warrior card this time. Prime, is it? Like well, pro- they're just they're a they're a feature undercard. Right. Um, typically, we just run our own events, mm. but if we've started in brand new territory in a different company. A different country and it's it's a small card we'll just go to a promoter and say can we be a, a featured undercard and then yeah. they put our branding all over yeah, the perfect posters and all that kind of thing so, so we've got are, that coming are, up are in these franchises no how does it work like, yeah so that so they're not um franchises per se we talk about we license the program license, okay. and we license people per series so we don't like a typical franchise business we don't um ask for you know big chunks of money up front where our proposition is to go to our B2B proposition, if you like, is to go to these fight gyms with great coaches and say, listen, you guys don't really use your mats that much in the morning. That characterizes martial arts gyms, fight gyms. And so why don't we sweat the asset harder, bring in this program that's proven around the world and it's got some of the biggest names in MMA attached to it. Um, We will, through our website, we'll bring, we'll advertise Facebook, all our social media channels, we'll bring people in. You got to pay for the for the coaches. Um, you bring we, you you provide, you supply the coaching. Uh, no, they <clears throat> supply the coaches. Their own coaches. Yeah, yeah, they do. So what we do is, but you give them the program. Do we it. give them the, the syllabus, the program. Yep. Um, obviously, the the overarching brand, and we do all the promotion through our website. So, notionally speaking, you know, we own the client. We become the funnel to deliver people who never would have gone to that facility. Yep. And, and we're building. So we're building a bridge between the general population and these wonderful fight gyms because our ethos, Mark, is very much that if you're going to go and get – and there's a lot of great fitness programs out there, but our ethos is if you're going to spend time getting really fit, and, and I will back our physical results against any program in the world, but why not learn a great skill while you're doing it? Totally. Otherwise, it's, it's, it, you, you feel like you're – I don't know. To me, it's, uh, it, it's like a waste of time because you don't have a goal. Yeah, it's sort of where's the end point? What yeah. am I doing this for? Yeah. So and so and I I think it's a I think it's a, a great concept, but I want I want to go to the break. But after the break, I actually want to explore the business model Please. because um actually I, funnily enough I got a spare space up in Brisbane in a shopping centre, right? And I've been thinking for some time, and I was actually been talking to um, I spoke to Danny Green. He owns a thing called Twelve Rounds, right? Um, which is a boxing style fitness program. Yes. They don't end up boxing, of course. Yeah. But um, I'm looking at putting something in the space, and I right. but I really do think in this particular area, it's an area of Wyndham and Brisbane. I really do think that. Areas do need to have some new form of gym, not something say beyond F forty five, which is a great, that's a great business. Course, don't get yeah. me wrong, it's a great business. Yeah. But the people looking for new things to yeah. try out. People are people are actually quite adventurous today. That they are, and, and and hence and hence our growth. I mean, I mean Tom Sampson, like I, I, we we one of our episodes of the the mentor well, in those days called the Marpurusha. Todd came in and talked to, talked to me about how he prepared as. You mentioned before it was a truncated version, a very short version. Yeah. But he told me how he was absolutely terrified. Yeah. But he was so glad he did it. Yeah. And he survived an actual fight. 
with an MMA I, fighter. But overcoming fear is one of the most personally satisfying things any of us can do in our life. And if you can add to that fitness, wellness, health, mental yeah. agility, and a skill, yeah, mate, 2200s with GST, that is. Sounds cheap to me. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to the break, and we're going to come straight back and talk to Nick about the business model. Terrific. Thanks, Mark. We're back with Nick Langton. He's from uh, Wimp to Warrior. Um, I'm totally intrigued. I now understand what it, how, sort of how it works in a, in a sense of what the offering is to the customer or the client. What I want to understand now is the business model. I want to sort of dig in a little bit here because mm. um, these things totally intrigue me. I'm, I'm really they really sort of rattle my brain. I mean, I'm right. sort of running around thinking, you know, how do they do this? How do they do that? So let's just first and foremost go back a little bit and talk about. Um, you use your your media platforms, which is social, etc., yeah, um, to drive the demand for people to enter into this program. Correct to go from a non-fighter to a fighter. Correct over a twenty-two week period, and then you actually execute that by going along to MMA gyms or yep. gyms with mats. Yes, fight gyms, um, and encouraging them to increase their capacity for the use of that gym from an early start in the morning, say 5.30 to Sweat the asset. Sweat the asset. I love it. And uh, so effectively, you know, funny sort of way you're renting their space, but you're not. And mm. and, and uh, what you're then is licensing them to run this program for the customers that you find for them who would not ordinarily go to a gym like that because most people would say, well, that's just for MMA fighters. I'm not yeah. going to go and turn up a gym. Correct. What am, I, what am I going to do there? Correct. So. It's a sort of a great use. It's like Uber for gyms and some MMA gyms. And we're, we've we've actually said we you know we coined the phrase that well I did talked about we're Airbnb for fight gyms. Totally, to- totally. So you and all that is is you're not all is not downgrading it, but it's the making identify excess capacity space which yep. is expensive and yep. making use of the space and everybody does well out of it. Correct. So. Clearly, one of the big issues here is your, your brand. Um, yes. How do you um, accredit MMA gyms or how do you quality control the outcomes? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that obviously falls to um, our head coach, Richie Cranny, um, to obviously assess the quality of coaching. If there's one thing that that is the most important factor in determining location selection, it is the quality of coaching. Mm. and And not just the super high level coaching, but also is their ethos one of care and respect for newbies because there are some fight gyms which are awesome gyms if you're an experienced amateur or you've got a pro career but they're just not their program isn't for for amateurs and that's cool too so we need to find very high level coaching but we also need to find coaches who who care a lot and we're very fortunate to um, probably in our development we had two great mouthpieces for our business who were really you know big names in MMA the first one being Jens Pulver now Jens is the former three-time UFC lightweight champion future hall of famer and he heard about us and really became a mouthpiece for us in fact when we had our first our third series in Sydney and we moved into our brand new gym in 2015 we relocated Jens out here to Sydney for six months to to train and and do the whole series with us Um, but also John Kavanagh who's Conor McGregor's coach Mm. and you know probably the most widely respected coach in combat sport you know presently and John spoke on a really big podcast yesterday and talked about his deep affection for Wimp to Warrior and particularly the fact that this is the whole reason he got into MMA he loves to see raw beginners grow in confidence get fitter get happier 
um, all those kind of elements. As much as he's going down the path of, you know, the, the professional scene, um, he's still anchored to his love for bringing beginners. So that is, that's how we pick a gym. A Richie real t- picks a real gyms teacher. Off. Real teacher. And in, in the real sense, like caring, nurturing. Very much so. Skill base, um, understanding, et cetera. Yeah. But also driving them and pushing them and, yeah. uh, you know, there's total it's balance. balance. Yeah, it total is Total balance, balance between all those aspects. So you, you, you are strong on your accreditations and your uh, quality control. Very. Um, how do you make a dollar out of it? Do, do, who pays? I mean, who gets the two thousand two hundred? So it? we we collect we we part of our B two B proposition to the gyms is that we want to make the whole administration piece as easy as possible. So number one, we want to bring new people to your gym; otherwise, your traditional marketing channels would never get. We want to bring them under this brand, and this brand now carries a lot of weight globally for what we've what we've done, and and very trusted, which is a huge. It's a really important attribute of the brand. Um, we'll deliver them in. We'll also collect all the money, and we will pay the gym. Um, so we take all the chasing fees, and that's one of the hardest things in running yeah. a gym and that sort of thing. So we make ourselves responsible for that. And all we'll do is we'll send an email to the the head coach, or they can look on the system and say, "Look, a couple of people are, are late with their subs, and can you just give them a, a, a gentle nudge?" Because we're not obviously in the in the gym where the series is being run, but it makes it a, a lot easier for them. Obviously, on a cash flow basis, it's a really good business for us because we're taking we're taking gross receipts up front, uh, and then we're paying out to the to the gym in in instalments over. And what do they? Well, they get a, they, you share the share the earn. Yeah, they get well. They they <coughs> get uh, between um, sixty five and seventy percent. Okay, so you you you, you take the, the admin off the top, and you take the brand off the top, yeah, and you take the inflow. You know, the demand. Correct. You build the demand. Correct. And it's a partnership. Correct. So, and it's, it's smart because you're using. Your capacity and their capacity and you're sort of building out the two capacities without you both building the same capacity twice. Correct. It makes sense. It's, it's clever. And we're taking a brand to gyms where- They the, wouldn't be able to build a brand like they that. They wouldn't be able to build that brand. And the other thing is that, that it's it's a very strong affiliate brand. So when you see the Wimp to Warrior brand sit alongside SBG in Dublin, which mm-hmm. is obviously where, where John Coach is kind of from, when you see it sit at, at Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas, one of the biggest pro gyms in Vegas where, where we've got a program running too, um, what we say is that- our brand has the opportunity to sit alongside the very best brands in combat sport, but also elevate the others. And we see the we see the brand sitting alongside. We we know what our brand delivers um, to those facilities, and and we also feel passionate that the world would be a better place the more people who trained in martial arts. It's not a case of fighting; it's a case of the all the uh, other stuff, all those other. What elements. about a TV show? Yes, so we did. Um, we actually filmed in twenty fourteen. Um, and that was actually broadcast on Fox Sports in late 2015. Uh, we're in the final stages of a negotiation to document our third series in Dublin with John um, being run out of John's gym, which is which is going to be shown on Irish national TV and there's interest. Um, and we're also in, in early stage conversations with, with television networks um, here in Australia because... Well, there'd be no brainer for Fox. I mean, like they did the Contender, they done all those other shows. I think Ten did the Contender, but I mean, those sorts of shows, I would have thought it's a, a no brainer for him. I would have thought so too. So, if you know any senior TV execs you'd like I to sure introduce do. me to, I'd love, I'd love for the. But what they'll do is they'll say to you, "Worker, you produce it, mm. um, you you pay for it, yep. and um, uh, we'll share the we'll share the the, the ad the ad revenue or something like yeah. that." Yeah, but it'd be a great. 
brand promo for you. I mean, it'd just go mental here. Yeah, correct. And, and that's the that's the whole point. We're we're not looking to make money out of a global TV format, albeit that would be nice if we did. Mm. What we are looking for is that for our brand um, to be shown exactly how it is authentically, and to produce like over twenty two weeks. There's there's a lot of tears, right? Mm. There's there's a lot. Oh, no, of it's good emotion. TV's got to have emotion. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also about the casting, um, yeah. finding the individuals. I mean, and, and having male and female and it's got to be a soap opera. Yeah, I know because I've been in them. Um, you got to <laughs> yes. have the, it's got to have the soap opera element as well as the content. Yes, but it must have the soap opera element. This is the sort of stuff would be perfect for it. It is. Um, what are your aspirations? Wimp to worry. What What are you aspiring to do? I mean, where, where do you want to take all this? I mean, it's a great idea. I look at F forty five. I mean, you don't hear much about them, but like they've got I don't know. Someone told me they got six hundred sites around the world. Today. I think they got more. Oh, it's I think ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. Um. You Real, know. You know Proudly Australian, well done. I, oh, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I I got a good friend. He used to play for the Roosters and um, Michael Con and uh, not Daniel Con. I mean, Mike Con was on the board. Um, Daniel, who's you know, he played for us. He mm. ended up getting badly injured and he couldn't play footy anymore. And he's he's been at the front of that business for a long time. Now. Yeah, and they've just smashed it. They I have. Mean, so is that sort of the aspiration you're trying to? Yeah, well, I, I would. Are they inspire inspirational to you guys? Hundred percent. I mean, I look at F forty five. I look at. Um, CrossFit is, is is notional proxies for, for what we're trying to achieve. So I mean, obviously, like I'm a I'm a fight fan. I've done the program, but I'm the commercial guy. I'm the co-founder who capitalised the company in in 2013. And so you've done a round of raising money. We d- we've done we've done some small strategic rounds. We haven't done formal rounds. We right. haven't involved investment banks or anything like that at right. this stage. And I do have a question for you at the end about. I know. I'm cap- sure you do about capital programs. Because that was my not my next question to you. But um, I mean, if if your aspirations are to be more dense globally, in, in other words, you know, like have, I don't know, I don't know what your footprint is, but are you sort of thinking, well, within every city in Australia, if it's got more than a million people, I'm going to have, we want five. Yeah. So what, we, what, what's your model there? Yeah. So, so our model is basically, first and foremost, obviously the advantage for the CrossFits and the F45s of the world, with, with absolute respect to those who run them, it takes a lot less time to be qualified to run one of those gyms than it does to get a BJJ black belt, which might yep. take you 13 years or something yep. like that. Learn how to be a you know, good amateur boxer, pro boxer. So we're always going to be – that one revenue line of our business will always be constrained to how many great fight gyms in the world could run the program. Mm. So my aspiration is let's say there's a 1,000 great fight gyms in the world that could run the program. Well, of course, we, we want the program in every one of those right. in the fullness of time. And are you identifying those? Yeah, we are. Okay, so let's say you get to and and you get to five hundred. Let's say you get a hundred of them, yeah. And the and with that hundred of them, you're doing uh, two intakes a year. Is that sort of? I mean, I guess you can do you can do two based on them just needing a bit of breathing space and then marketing for yep. second series. What we've worked out is you can kind of do two every fourteen months, right? Okay. Um, and depending on the capacity of the gym, some gyms can get thirty five on the mat, some can get fifty. Right. Um, they'll. Their variable cost will be a little bit more with some extra coaches, but typically speaking, we've 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 had series of between thirty five and fifty. In fact, our first series in Cork because there was a lot of demand, we had close to sixty. So like that, had, they had a double fight. But that's night like one hundred and thirty five, hundred forty grand a year for the particular gym. Would that be right? That well, that's right? that's the gross number. Yeah, and the then, gross. Yeah. yeah, and then and you've got a hundred of those going, and you're getting. Forty percent. That sort of build shows sort of builds out your your, your model. I mean, that's assuming mm. you sell no gear. Um, nothing after that, no Correct. master classes once they've done the introductory class. Yeah. Um, and there's all the other ancillary stuff that floats off the back yeah. of it. Um, 
Um, and I guess, um, you know, there's a whole lot of other stuff you, online you could sort of start to build too, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, alumni nights and, uh, you know, refight nights and rematches. It feels like you've read my business plan. No, Mark. I haven't, but I got, a, I got a sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and I guess you're, are you at the stage now where you're ready to launch into raising money to get serious about all this? Yeah, we are. Yeah. We, we've, we've, you know, we've proven the model now. How many years have you been at it again? So we've we've been um, we've been at it. Well, the, from germination of concept was was five years, but we've actually only been saying the program is rolling out to other gyms. Like the first time we did it outside Richie's gym in Sydney was um, was in twenty sixteen. So it was only last year, and we've gone now. We've got twenty three gyms globally um, running the program, and um, we've got multi, we've got a bunch of those gyms on there. You know, second, third, fourth series so um you know from our perspective uh we've 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 taken our we've taken our revenues from you know sort of 500 grand last year to where we're looking on track to you know sort of three million bucks turnover this year we got a great um a good mate of mine who was a cfo for a sort of a a fast growing online business Uh, he set up his own notionally kind of cfo for hire and he he met with me at the start of the year and said i'd like to do some work with you and i said so would i but i can't afford it and he said why don't we do a sweat equity deal and it's been brilliant because we did that and they have literally fully resolved our financial model yeah, our t- accounting t- t- financial stuff just up. so and we you know we really i reckon we sweat the cash flow harder than if i showed you my spreadsheets and the discipline we subject ourselves to versus businesses of significant greater. So I feel really comfortable now sitting in front of future capital partners saying, and with my CFO next to me and with, with the founder, Richie, on the other side saying, this is, this is what we do. Um, and and, and well, will you go and see, sorry to interrupt, will you go and see uh, um, uh, like a, a investment banker? You're at that point, or not necessarily investment banker, but I mean someone who can actually get you in front of people? Yeah, I mean obviously through my career, um, and I've That's got, what you're going to do. Yeah. I've got contacts, which you know, t- to date, I've been able to um, to talk to when we've done some sort of small private raises. Um, but in terms of uh, you know a, a broader capital program, we're really we're we're kind of ready for that now. We've. But do you go and see KPMG, or do you go and oh, see, I, who do you see? Or do you go and see Bill Potter, or I mean, or do you go and see Blue Ocean, or who do you go and see? Well, that's a great question. That was yeah. my question to you. I mean, I, I've got mm. obviously I've got um, you know mates who are ex Goldman Sachs and things like that who you, who I've sort of talked to. They could help you. I, well, look, I, I, do you want to ask me the question? Then? Well, why don't we ask the question? Well, the, the, <laughs> the, the question I'm sort of fascinated by is when you and, and we've we've built we've built our business in a way that. That um, obviously the model, the 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 only risk to our growth is top line risk because we just we don't have big leases. We've got we've got staff and computers, so in that respect we're a low risk play in terms of capital, right? Um, There's not that much burn, and we, no, not much burn at all. And we can cash flow, we can cash flow fund. So um, with that in mind, um, it, it's you start to go, okay, do you you know? If I was to ask you, you know, how do you balance the decision around, do you debt fund for longer and look for, a, you know, the valuation's way more attractive in 12 months or do you get some smaller strategic partners on now or do you say, you know what, with, with John Kavanagh broadcasting us all over the world, with now seven figures of revenue and a really well-resolved brand, very recognised brand, and, and you know, well over a thousand people have done this program globally, it proves it works in different markets is now the time to ratchet up to a different stage. And that was... Okay, well, it, the, the question of... Yeah, look, it's always better to debt fund because debt's a lot 
cheaper than equity, of course. <coughs> ultimately, yeah. Um, the question is, can you debt fund? And the traditional debt funders, the banks probably wouldn't do it. Um, Correct. It's not. It's not their game um, in Australia. That is. Um, but you can debt fund out of the private market, but the private market's always going to ask you for a note. They're going to say, yeah. well, yeah, I'll give you a con note, convertible note, yeah. debt, which means I can convert it into equity at any time anyway. So that means I got you by the short and curly. So you're mm-hmm. better off actually just doing an equity deal than straight up yeah. and not doing a con note because you always got the sort of sort of Damocles hanging over your head when they're going to convert or will <laughs> yeah. they will not convert, they won't convert, they'll nail me or they yeah. they own me until they want to get me and then when they want to get me then they'll put pressure on me and the Bunsen burners right on my belly and they won't convert at the convertible note rate, they'll get you some other price. So I reckon if you're going to debt fund, if you can debt fund from the banking system, that's great. Yep. If you can't debt fund from the banking system, then I think you go for some uh, an equity round, mm. and you um, and I. The question is always: Do you go for just what I need, yeah. or do I go for more than I need and be more generous in terms of what I give away? That's and I always. So, what's your experience? Well, my experience is if whenever the money's available, yeah, you take the money off the table at the price the table demands. Yeah. Don't ever think you're going to outsmart the market. Yeah. Because I'll guarantee to you the day you need the money, the money's not available. Yeah. And not only will you pay more for it, you won't get it. Yeah. So let's say you're in your purple patch now. Yeah. And let's say, you know, you go and do a little a round of um, investor meetings and you see that there is, you know, $5 million on the table, whatever the number is, mm-hmm. and they want 30%. Yeah. My view on these things is you're better off having uh, 70% of something that's going to be much, much bigger yeah. than you are hanging on. Of course. With the hope that one day you will own you know, a greater percentage of something just as valuable because you yeah. need the $5 million. The, the ingredient missing out of your business right now is the ability to grow fast. Yes. And that requires capital. Yes. And and not, capital's not always available. Correct. So when it's available, you've got to grab it. Yeah. Um, it's not like fresh water and it rains every week and fills up the dam. It's not like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's a great it's, metaphor. Every now and then, you're going to get some something special growing, and it's available to be found, and uh, it's very valuable, and you've got to pay for it. Mm. So, I've got a feeling you're just from talking to you. You're in a purple patch. You're about to expand in a in a, in a fast way. Mm. You've got a great concept. Yeah, it's not about fighting. It's actually something human totally transformation. Different. Totally different. It's it's a good story. You got the right names in there. You're at the the cusp of you know this whole UFC explosion yeah. and Conor Huge McGregor helps. Yeah. Massive. It, it's a time to go to the market to, to raise money. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. And pay whatever the price is. Yeah. I mean, and you won't know what the price is until you just suss it out. It's a little bit of um. Um, you know, argy bargy going to happen. Yeah, you know, and um, just cop it sweet. That's my view. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't borrow the money. Oh, I would borrow the money, but I don't think you're going to get it. I just don't think you, that headwinds and all that stuff that we just talked, those elements you talked about, it will never convince a bank to lend you the money. Yeah. Because banks don't need to lend you the money. They've no. got pl- plenty of other places they can divert their assets to. Of course. You know, they, they just say, well, we'll put our cash into home loans or whatever. Of I mean, course. The return's pretty good and uh, the risk is very low. They would say, risky, not doing it. Mm. Um, so. Uh, that's my gut feeling unless the alternative to all this is where do you go? I mean, to, to, to raise it locally or yep. where, where do you raise it? I mean, there's some, Well, that's a great question too. There's some great, there's good families here. Who, uh, to me, it's not, it's not a fund. Yep. It's, it's family investors. Agreed. Um, you know, the big families in Melbourne are probably 
better investors at at this stage of your uh, growth. They're yep. more patient. Yeah, um, they're more used to investing in these things. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying your thing, but more used to being a patient investor. Yeah, of they're course. not impatient investors. Sydney yep. investors are a little bit. They're a bit impatient, mm. um, and they want uh, shorter horizons and mm. liquidity periods to be shorter. Yeah, um, you might want to consider Brisbane, Queensland. Mm. Um, Queensland very rarely get a look in. Yeah, um, the the um, you know the leads on these things are very rarely go up to Queensland, um, but there is a lot of money up there. Mm. And um, look, and uh, my gut feeling is they would sort of understand this a bit better. Yes, they have a, a sensibility towards it. Yeah, they do. The Queenslanders, they yeah. they they're sort of just they're not hard edged. They have a, a bit more openness to, yeah. to something new and novel. It's yeah. a bit novel. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, but by the way, if you want investors in the UFC, you know, today you would have made an absolute fortune. Correct. And that's your model. Well, I mean, the story of how I got involved, I came back from, I was very fortunate to to do the advanced management program at Harvard Business School in 2013. And, and I did come back thinking, I want something beyond my executive career. I want to have something, a real passion play and, and – I always had the notion that if I could have invested in the UFC, having been a fan um, long, long time ago, I, I would have loved to have done it. But obviously, it was privately held. And this actually was a. Was, I know I people. Saw as I a know proxy. people who there was off, offered to the UFC, right? And they turned it down. And of course, he made an absolute fortune out of it. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible story. They bought it for two million bucks. They went fifty three million to the red, and they sold it for four point five billion. And that's. I mean, without sort of trying to rev investors up, that's sort of the you need to parlay into that. I mean, your yeah. well, the ta- the tailwinds, the, the sector tailwinds are enormous because there's a fantastic founder um, uh, of of the One Championship, which is which is Asia's equivalent of of the UFC. It's a really big promotion. A guy called Chatri, who is also a, he's a Harvard MBA, but a, a career like a fighter too, and he just completed a hundred million dollar round with Sequoia in uh, in India. So the, and we're not a we're not a fighting company. We're a human mm. transformation company. Fighting's just the best vehicle we know. Yep. Well, fighting's just the final bit. It is. So like it's it's sort of uh, I I I mean I I I guess you know Silicon Valley is a good start, but I don't know how much money you're trying to raise. But you know, uh, it's it's a. Uh, they might be it might be too small. I mean, mm. at the moment, mm. it may be too small. Mm. But um, you, you know, you really. You need contacts there, correct? I mean, and uh, you know, but if you can find some contacts there, and maybe you reach out to the, some of the Australians who are over there, mm. who you know, maybe you need to go and meet the Atlassian people and just say, "Listen, guys, you know, mm. this is something I want to do. Do, yeah. you, do you know anyone? I mean, yeah. there's a there's a sort of close knit community there, mm. but you need to you, you only need two or three people, yeah, and, and they're in, yeah, and it might be might not be funds, it might be individuals, yeah. That's correct. my gut feeling. Yeah, it's going to be a, more individuals. Yeah, I'm not I, a I fund agree. as such, and, and I. I'll be honest, I don't really want fun money. We want yeah, individual indiv- money. And people, people, who, people who understand liquidity yeah, yeah. and also understand the mission. Like, I mean, of course we want to make some good money out of it, but the driving force is to prove that we can take martial arts to the whole wide world. And, and we know we will. Yep. Um, so we want people who believe in that mi- mission first and foremost. So in our hierarchy of needs, they've got to believe in that and then – we know the business model stacks up, but they've got to believe in what we're doing. Otherwise, they're not going to be the right Or investor. at least understand it. Yeah. And believe in you. Yeah, correct. That's the game. They've got to understand the mission. They've got to understand the business model. And then they've got to believe in you that you're going to execute. Correct. And they've got to be patient. Correct. 
you don't want someone who's saying, okay, we'll lend you the money, we'll give you the money, but we want liquidity in a year's time or something. Forget no it. way. Wouldn't touch no, it. No, no. You've got, you've got, and, They're and, asking for liquidity in, <clears throat> in, in, you know, sort of two and three years. I'm, I'm, I'd argue that they're not sort of no, you fully want understanding. The, you, want, you want liquidity events 40, four years out. You want yeah. patient capital. Yeah, correct. Um, which is another reason why I'd be going north as opposed to south. Yeah. I mean, or I'd go south too. But yeah. uh, I think you really need, you probably need a good advisor on this sort of stuff. Mm. Um with access to family money in Queensland and Melbourne, um, there's, there's some good ones around. But mm. um, they're always forever changing these individuals. Um, you know, <laughs> money they got money, money they don't, or they're fully yeah. invested. For yeah, example, of I mean they, yeah. that, that, that that does happen too. Um, uh, but I love to see this get off the ground. I mean, I, 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 by the way, I'd love to go to one of your gyms and have a look. We'd love to have yeah. host you there. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I'd just be great to go down and just, for example, I'd, I'd be great to go there on your tryout day. Please, yeah. When you know, your next try day, I was, let me know. We might even bring a, a crew down. That and, would be great. Because um, I, I just love it. Those try days. I mean, people, you know, they're all anxious and sort of enthusiastic and yeah. trying their best. And uh, and you, know, you see some people fall away, and you see some people that you don't expect to fall away that you do expect to fall away stay in there. I yeah. mean, that, that's the surprises. That's the best part of it. That that inv- invariably is. And you see some guys come in, you know, pretty cut up, fit looking dudes who 30 minutes in say, I've had it. And then there's a guy who's in his early 40s, but his why is stronger. And, you know, he could be 30 kilos overweight and he's not giving up. And it's, that's, it, it shows you the, particularly with, with those kinds of things, the mind breaks before the body does. Totally. Always. I mean, I, I'm fascinated. I, um, I, I'd, I'd love to come and have a look at one of your triad days. If you wouldn't mind just coming back we to got, we, We've got two new series launching here in um, Sydney. We've got one at um, just near Broadway at Chippendale and, and our home gym, our original gym at uh, at Manly, at North Manly. So tryout day is coming up in, in September. I'm, I'm going to t- definitely turn up. That'd be I'll great. Come and have a look. And, uh, we'll try and get a crew down there. Yeah. And, um, uh, and and I think you're, I, I actually think you're onto something. I, I It'll obviously evolve and it won't be the same in a year or two's time. Of course. Um, But I really do think you're onto something. There's body transformation, human transformation. Mental strength. It's a big thing Mm. globally. It is. Particularly in developed nations. Um, You know, like if you go to Singapore, Singapore's got gyms everywhere. They've Mm. got yoga schools everywhere. They've got uh, F45. They've got everything. Mm. Uh, Like uh, it's a small country. But everyone there, uh, you know, they've got – they haven't got no time. Yeah. Everyone's working longer hours and they're looking for something else as a diversion in their life. Yeah. Because they don't want to be sitting down on their ass, working all day, paying the rent, and they've got nothing to show for it. Yeah. And this actually gives you something to show for it. And, and martial arts is not a trend. There's a lot of fitness trends. No, 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 martial totally. arts is 5,000 years old and combat sports is been around forever so we know when people come in and train in the gym and learn real life skills um, it's more enduring than the latest fitness trend i got a question for you yes this weekend yes mcgregor yes who's probably a favor of yours due to his coach of course is fighting pound for pound what i consider to be the greatest one of the greatest fighters the world has ever seen. Agreed. Floyd Mayweather. Agreed. What do you reckon is going to happen? It's a boxing match, and I yes. don't know if they've got eight ounces. What do they end up agreeing? Eight. eight. In Nevada, agreed to eight. eight. Okay, so which is a bit out out there. Um, I mean, Floyd's boxed his career in eight in eight ounce gloves, though. I think I think forty six of his fights have been yeah. so. But still, it's a bit out there for his age. Correct. Uh, and for McGregor's bigger. Yep. Younger, definitely stronger. Yeah. Can copy hit. Because, you know, he's been doing five-minute rounds for a long time and getting lots pummeled. Str- lots stronger in the I've clinch. S- I've seen him get pum- uh, pummeled. Yeah. Like, totally get pummeled. And, yeah. You know, he copped it. 
Um, the great thing about um, Floyd is he's never hardly ever got hit. Um, yeah. Um, he's, he hasn't copped the punches. So what do you reckon is going to happen? Okay, so obviously I'm 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 significantly conflicted and biased here because we, you know, John's a huge part of our business and we love Connor. Um, the comments I'd make is Connor shouldn't land a glove on him. Technically speaking, technically speaking yeah. Floyd's the greatest defensive boxer of all totally. time. Floyd hasn't knocked anyone out since 2011, and um, he won't win by knockout. I don't think he can. Knock, I don't think he can knock McGregor out. No, unless he gets him in the corner and just hits him a thousand times. Yeah. So, so Connor, and and they're fighting at one fifty four pounds. To quote John Kavanagh, the guy who climbs into that ring is going to be a hundred and seventy pound Irish gorilla, right? He's he he cuts his weight really effectively. Mm. He's going to be a very very big boy, um, and he's taller and he's got reach. He's got reach. So so no doubt, um, Floyd is the overwhelming favourite for a whole range of very good reasons. But Conor McGregor is a rare and special combat sports athlete and even more importantly, a rare human. His ability to manifest. So being close to their camp um, and and hearing what we hear, particularly through John and Richie being very close friends, um, I have absolute belief and I'm on the cordial, okay? Mm. I'm drinking the cordial. I'm going back for seconds. I believe he he can hit him and if he hits him and hurts him, he'll finish him. So, um. You know, I. So Floyd's going to play defensive because Floyd, I reckon Mayweather would work that out. He yeah. did this with Pacquiao. He hardly, yeah. He just kept kept out of his way and then landed a few. Yeah. Um, he got t- he got touched in the fourth round against yeah. Pac, and of course I've watched the the highlights of of Marcus Maidana, who probably did. The only time Floyd's really been probably rocked, and that was right at the end of the round. If that had happened midway through the round, who knows? Um, and Connor is, if you think of what he's done in the UFC in, in such a short space of time, his self belief. It's crazy. He's incomparable. Yeah. He's incomparable. Yeah. So um, he shouldn't stand a chance, but he does. I don't know whether I like it, the whole idea of the fight, or I don't like it. I really don't know because I'm a, you know, I'm a, a boxing purist yeah. and I'm a purist. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know. I mean, like on one hand, I think, well, hang on. You don't earn the right to fight Floyd Mayweather. I mean, there are – It's prize fighting, Mark. You totally. Know I know, but I just – like you haven't worked your way up the ranks. You've never yeah. been ranked. You never, you never had a, he's never had a boxing match, a Correct. professional boxing fight. On one hand, I say that. But on the other hand, I say um, it's a it's it's one of those things that should be done. Yeah, it's got to happen. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's um, and come Saturday night in Las Vegas, oh, it's, it's, it's Vegas. Gonna, it's going to happen. Huge. It's, what a marketing! Um, what an outcome! Like, and all this stuff, by the way, is good for for Winter Warrior. It's wonderful for us, and, and it's really targeted too because his coaches, you know, involved in your business when mm. you're ambassadors. Like, it's just brilliant. And this is your wave. Yeah, in some respects, you hope. UFC wins. Oh, of course I do. I mean, from a from a fan business, of business primarily. I mean, I love boxing. By the way, yeah, I yeah. do love boxing and I watch boxing. Um, but yeah, and I'm really looking forward to Triple G and Canelo two weeks yeah. afterwards. But I'm intrigued by this fight, and clearly, um, we love the Fighting Irish, and and we you know we love John and the SBG Empire, and as we continue to grow out through the world, we would certainly love Connor to speed that up by knocking Floyd out. As a mad boxing fan, though. It will, could be the death of boxing if the greatest fighter ever gets knocked out by a guy who's never fought a pro fight. I'm just mm. saying it could, it just might not be good for boxing. So, to me, Mayweather carries the boxing, the weight of the boxing world on his shoulders. 
He does. It's more than him just winning four or five million dollars, whatever he's going to get for fighting. Yeah. Um, it's this, mate. You carry. That's what I'll be saying. You carry the the whole. You sure? And it, you carry a forty nine and O record. Uh-huh. Isn't that um, the, that's the same record? Is it Rocky Marciano's? Yeah, record? totally. It's the best ever. Yeah. So hence his his caps TBE. Mm. So. Yeah, I mean, he does. He car- he takes Connor takes no pressure into this because the other thing to you know to to again back martial arts, I, I would say that there's only this fight wouldn't last thirty seconds in the octagon. No, no, no. So totally. Whereas Connor, I believe, and I could be terribly wrong come come Sunday night, but I believe Connor can really credibly equi- uh, you know quit himself. In those rounds, as long as it becomes a laughing stock, as long as it doesn't become yeah. a farce, which I don't think it will. I don't think it will. He's a he's an elite level striker, albeit f- through kickboxing disciplines and, and and capoeira and all those kinds of things. So yeah, he's an, still an elite striker. What a what a great event! Yeah, thanks very much, Nick. Pleasure, nice to meet you, mate. Thanks for coming. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.